This episode is all about season one of Star Wars Rebels, so there are no spoilers for seasons two, three, or four in this episode, and we will be releasing our thoughts on season two in probably late April or early May sort of time, because we're going to have a short break due to Mandalorian series three coming out, episode one premieres on the 1st of March, and then I think we've got eight weeks of episodes. So once that's all done, because on the Comics Emotion feed and also on my YouTube channel, there will be the weekly discussion shows for Mandalorian series three, and so after that we'll delve back into Star Wars Rebels and also Star Wars Vision series 2 is coming out on may the 4th as well so lots of star wars content coming out as well as the usual high republic stuff that i'm doing and also jedi survivor game that's coming out soon and lots of other bits and pieces so make sure you check out the show notes for information on what myself math and dave are all up to i will not be back at the end to give any more information so when the episode ends it just ends but there's plenty of other content to sink your teeth into and if you want to see the full video version of this conversation including the part where myself math and dave talk about some of the ralph mccrory concept art i would recommend going over to youtube.com and chit chat because you can find the video version for that over there and then you'll see exactly what i'm talking about but friends that is enough from me thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate you and of course may the force be with you so we are here for the first episode in a new mini series spreading across uh, 2023 and that is obviously themed star wars that's why i'm involved in it of course and i am joined by two incredible individuals um, who have had somewhat different star wars stories as everyone has and has consumed different amounts of media content surrounding it it's always delightful hearing different people's perspectives so i've got the podfather himself of comics in motion dave horrocks dave how are you doing sir and with rebels um what comes to your mind when you think of Star Wars Rebels? Just straight up, first thing you think. So I think, uh, so first of all, hey Mike, and our <laughs> next guest we'll, we'll speak to in a minute. Um, so yeah, so uh, where did I come into Rebels? I think I might have heard you refer to it lots and lots. In fact, <laughs> I, I'd seen um, Clone Wars and, you know, it, it, before the whole Disney acquisition and whatever, and it obviously had this huge fan base and then I think it was a couple of years ago or something, and I thought, right, I'm going to see what this Clone Wars thing's all about. Let's start. Oh, look, it looks like it's a movie. Uh, let's go ahead and watch that. And it's horrendous. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, anyone over the age of six uh, doesn't really need to watch it. I just thought it was so terrible. I'm like, what the F? What, what, what are people going on about? But I think listening to, you know, your Star Wars comics in canon show and you quite often will refer back to that. And I thought, you know what, let, let me give it a go. And I started it and I, I think I was bought in. So I already going into it, I knew where it was set in the timeline because you, you talk about it. And that kind of interests me, you know, that period in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope that's that's the perfect sort of time for me and so going into it i'm like all oh, right okay it's a bit bit of animation can i get this something weird happens when you get old and grumpy like when you're a kid you sit there and you gorge on cartoons you know every saturday morning and I've done it with a few other things. I tried to go back and watch the original series one of, or season one of Transformers. Mm. Oh, it's really hard. <laughs> it's a really, really hard watch because the animation is so bad. You know, they, they've cut all sorts of corners and everything. And, and I guess, you know, I had more of an opinion that in my memory, it, it was better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it, 
took me a little bit to get into Rebels, but I would say it was only a few episodes, and then something weird happens where you almost don't notice the animation as much anymore. I'd say maybe it takes you three or so episodes, and then you're kind of through it. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into you know how the season flows and everything, but I feel like some of the episodes almost jump back into that post-school kind of cartoon type mm, feel after school special yeah and then but then you have the sort of darker darker more serious stuff a bit like clone wars did as well mm-hmm. but um yeah and so i ended up i was bought in i think the fact that the the story is so good i think the fact that you know all the music is the john williams score all of the sound effects are pure star wars so there's enough there totally take you past the animation and and once i was hooked in in this series season one uh that was it I, I just had to binge the other uh three seasons which fortunately were all available before i i bothered to watch the first one so so it was good but i mean i i think the downside so this is my second watch through the downside of gorging it is you don't really stop and savor what you've just seen mm-hmm. just straight into the next episode. And so even now, like it's hard. I look and it's like, wow, there's so many episodes. I don't really remember there being so many. That's because I probably watched three or four or maybe even five in a go, you know, in a single sitting. So yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of this show though. And I think that we're going to get more, aren't we in the live action universe from here. So yeah, and and I was very keen because I, what we were recording something the three of us weren't we and and, and or I think the finale yeah, yeah that was it and so it just came up so we're quite keen you know to get uh, your perspective and and our next guest perspective to drag math into it so before um before we explain kind of what the series is going to be about I wanted to get sort of right into it so this is with math who has uh, the least experience with this content out of all of us so before I explain the whole show and the premise math. Star Wars Rebels, what kind of the first time you heard about it, your kind of first thoughts and how it's kind of been as an overview of this, the first series? Um, well, I... Be as honest as you want, you won't hurt my feelings, right, don't okay. worry. Um, I got bullied into watching this pretty much <laughs> by Mike. Uh, it's the best Star Wars ever. Um, it, I'd heard of it, uh, but it was animation. And I just, it, it's funny, actually, and reflected now. I always thought, I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. And I realised that I'm not a bigger fan as what I thought I was. Uh, I watched films. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm old enough to... The, the first one came out just before I was born, but I'm old enough to kind of... I grew up with the originals. The prequels, are, are, they was all right when they came out, but as you go back and rewatch them, they're a bit hit and miss, and then the sequels were a bit... Again, hit and miss. I think it, it, a bit disjointed. Mm-hmm. But I, I think going back to what Dave said about like, the Transformers, back then, that's all we had. We wasn't used to all these other blockbusters that we get now. So I suppose we was thankful for, for getting, you know, dodgy animation, dodgy, you know, special effects and that. I was aware of Rebels, I was aware of Clone Wars, but I saw it as it's it's animation 
I just don't always have time to kind of sit down. I think I think I may have seen um, Clone Wars a little bit as my kids were growing up, but not. It wasn't ever something I really sat down and watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, then obviously you you've mentioned once or twice, I think that this is the you know this is quite good. Once or twice in every conversation we've ever yes. had is what you yeah. mean. <laughs> have you watched Rebels yet? No, no, I haven't. Um, so and then obviously we we were discussing on Andor and you were saying, look, you need to sit down and watch this. So I took the bullet and I I we started off. I started off watching with my four year old. Uh, he only got about three episodes into it. He's it, not quite ready to kind of appreciate and kind of stick with it. it, it it's he loved the Wookies or the Huggies as he as he called them. He really enjoyed them, but. It, there's a lot more story to this than what I expected. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a bit more kids, you know, aimed at the kids. And I, the story itself, I don't think it is. And this is only season one. I haven't gone past season one. Uh, I did watch it back in December, so my memory's a little bit shaky now. Um, cause, but, you know... I did want to go on and watch more of it, but I thought let's let's just do this in chunks and just try kind of see where they go from here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel that I may have to have my Star Wars card back in because it's like Mandalorian. I haven't finished all of season one yet. I really need to go back and, and kind of watch that in season two because with season three coming out in a, in a month's time. Yep, and if you want to be on any of the discussion shows for that, you have to have actually yeah. seen it. You can't just blag your way in it, because I'll, I'll smell you out. I'll get you. Yeah. yeah. Can, uh, I, can I just say, I mean, finale of season two, have you been spoiled with that? I am slightly aware of... of I, I'm aware of a character being in there, but it, it's a funny one with, with, with spoilers. They don't really bother me too much because you can still, once you get into that moment, even if you might be aware that something's going to happen within reason, you can still be brought up in the moment. You can still mm. kind of enjoy it. So I am aware of like, a character at the end of season two, but I still think once I actually get to that bit, I'll, I'll be fine. It, it's funny, Andor's the, the catalyst that's brought me back into Star Wars, to be fair. I didn't expect Andor to be as good as what it was. Um, it, I mean, you know, we've got a few TV programs that are out at the moment and they just seem to really be kind of hitting it for the for TV series that I, I'm enjoying. So, but yeah, um, it, I'm glad that you did bully me into watching this. So it's, you know, as we go <laughs> on, it, 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 it is a bit disjointed. At mm-hmm. times, I think, but again, this is season one. I'm sure that they're all kind of trying to find find the right way of where they're meant to go. A bit like Ezra is doing to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was season one of Rebels is the worst season by a lot. Right, like, like the the second season is is like one or two points above it. Series three is the same, but then series four. Ooh, it's got it's got some stuff. It's got some stuff. But we're nowhere near that yet. I'm not going to go near that. We're, we're several several episodes away from that. But just series one. So series one of of Rebels. And I know I go on about the show a lot. And I was so happy to be able to watch it again. And I will clarify. I love 
uh, season one of Rebels. I think it's brilliant. It's got some real fantastic standouts. But yeah, its its issue is there's a couple of fillery episodes and they don't really feel like they go anywhere and they just feel like it's kind of plodding along and you're like, where? And then it kind of ends. You're like, they're kind of where they were at the start and they don't really seem to have learnt much. But on this now being my third watch, because um, I actually watched this before Clone Wars as well. One of the reasons I bully people into doing it as well is because because you haven't seen Clone Wars, um, have you? Matt, you said you've just no. you've caught parts Not of it. Not really. No. So, it's, so there's a part of this that now that you've... Well, actually, no, there's parts of this that you won't, uh, that won't have connected to other parts for you, thinking about it. Uh, so we'll have to make sure that we don't say anything about, uh, anything that's not happened in Andor. Because you haven't even, you know, got through anything. Um, but with Rebels, just specifically, when you started that first episode, um, or the, did you watch the, the two together, uh, Math, the, the yeah. Spark of the Rally? Yeah. So what did you think after, after watching though, that sort of, it's released as a special, as a one-off kind of thing. Um, what did you think? You, after you finished that, after you hearing me talking about it, and then obviously Dave got on board after our Andor discussion, all that sort of stuff. I know you were watching it, uh, with your son, but w- what kind of, what, when it finished, what, what did you kind of think? What did you kind of feel just in that first impression? Uh, I, again, I, I didn't feel that I was really watching a, a children's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I, I didn't mind the animation. I, I, I wasn't an issue at all. Um, the, the story, having come off the back of watching Andor and Obi-Wan, it, it felt, to be fair, the story, the story there hooks me in straight away. Um, it, you do have the Ezra, Luke Skywalker kind of feel. You know, you've got this new person who's kind of trying to find the way. But it, having known certain things about Star Wars, you can kind of connect the dots there. But um, I, I, I did like the fact that, you know, they, they did kind of they assume that you do know Star Wars, so they do throw in things like the holocoms, the lightsabers, things like that. You know, there's still a bit of mystery there and not knowing really what's going on. And in a way, you feel that you are a bit of Ezra trying to find, you know, what, who is this crew? You know, where are they going? What is their story? Do I want to join in? I'm a bit selfish. I don't really want to have anything to do with them, but... You can see his mind changing as you go through the series. Um, I think, yeah, we did watch episode one and two. I think we might watch three as well. Mm. Oh, uh, is three the one with the walk, the walk yeah. where they go rescue him? Yes. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, 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 I think we watched all three of them. And uh, I think at that point, my son was getting a bit like, oh. There's too much story. It would just, it, the action bits were fun. The Wookiees, he loved them, but once they kind of went off, he just wanted us injury. He, he liked Zeb. Mm-hmm. He really liked the, you know, the, the, the gorilla, as he would call it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think they do a clever way of little nuggets of Star Wars, C3PO and R2D2, little things that you, if you're not aware of this, you can kind of get hooked into it and to see where it's going to go. And again, I, I don't feel it was so much a children's story. I do feel that, you know, I mean, it, it's it's getting to the point where I can easily see me starting to now 
consuming more Star Wars stuff down towards the comics, which I know that you you kind of take a lot of the having to read the comics out. We can just listen to what they <laughs> and that. But it, it, it's now getting to the point where I, I feel I'm getting hooked back into this. Hmm. Yeah, it's really nice for you to uh, say it. It's really nice to hear because, like, what I, I think with uh, Dave and some of the other people, I kind of came in at the right time because it was as Mandalorian was coming out and things. And I was like, get into Star Wars, get into Star Wars. And then when a lot of people consumed things like The Mandalorian, they're like, I need more. And I was like, here we go. Here's Rebels. Then if you like that, go to Clone Wars. Then if you like that, here's some other stuff. And it's like, you want to read these bits. What's your favorite bit about Star Wars? I recommend this, this, this. you know, so it kind of widens people up. However much content they do or don't want to consume if there's people out there who are star wars fans who only watch the movies you are still as much of a star wars fan as i am there's no bigger fans of what we've consumed as much as i would love big badge um it's really however much you love star wars is how much you love star wars but i do appreciate the uh the gesture uh math and things but i don't want anyone anyone feeling like they can't i mean with this as long as you've seen star wars rebels like if someone's listening and they haven't watched star wars rebels what are you doing go watch it but it's (laughs) as long as you've seen the original trilogy you're completely fine i mean the the prequels really help especially revenge of the sith but the good thing is is that as you're taking along with characters who don't know fully what happened you do actually learn along the way with them so with that in mind with dave so when you obviously this is your second watch so it's a rewatch for you so it's a very different experience uh with a rewatch i especially found that when i rewatched it with megan how did you find the first two episodes kind of the feeling you got and how did that kind of differ from when you first watched it like uh, what was your experience well I, i'll answer that in a second but if mm, i could just ahead. say to math i mean i i felt exactly the same um about feeling like a bit of a fraud maybe as a star wars fan i i've said my um going to bore Mike because he's probably heard me say this lots of times but for my whole life I've been a massive Star Wars fan like I I, I was into comic books and stuff you know superheroes and whatever but Star Wars was my thing and so before Rise of Skywalker came out we did Mike and I and Chris and Scott we we did a whole build-up so we did a whole crossover and everything we went through all of the movies and whatever uh building up to this massive crescendo and i remember saying at the time like i've waited my whole life for this this is i i've heard about this you know so-called nine different chapters and whatever wait my whole life for this and then when we watched it i was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck is this but and you know mike's always been that massive star wars fan you know when it was quite toxic as well because it did get fairly toxic for a good while there but, um, you know, we'd be laughing about certain plot holes in the movies. I might would say, well, you know, there is a comic that actually explains that. <laughs> and it was only after a while, we were like, uh, I basically, Mike and I had a chat and it's like, oh, you should really do a, a show that talks about all the comics because you blow away my knowledge. I'm a massive fan, but I had no idea all this canon like, existed. So that that's how Star Wars comics in canon initially came out, and like you, it's a bit of an easy. I, I've read like the Charles Saul Darth Vader run and stuff. Which if you're going to watch, if you're going to read anything, read that. Mm-hmm. And a few other bits and pieces. I find the main Star Wars run was a. I found that a bit harder. I don't generally um, recommend that to people. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, it's not great. Twenty twenty one's better, but. But I find now it's easier to just listen to Mike and he gives you the whole (laughs) non-spoiler version and then goes into more detail and researches all the characters, which I might just skip over. So, so that's all great. 
Before I, so I want to I yep. just interject, Dave, because I realised I forgot to say what the show actually was. Um, oh, of, right. of, exactly. So, <laughs> Dave, you and I both came up with it. So, Vandor, then I'll ask you a uh, revamp of what you thought of the first two episodes of uh, Rebels and things. But with uh, Rebels Revisited, obviously, I want to do this because I love Rebels. When you kind of, I've always been wanting to do it, but with this show, the idea of it, you and I kind of came up with it together. W- why did you want to start this show? And then how does that kind of, then you can kind of flow that into you rewatch Rebels because you especially wanted to re- really want an excuse to rewatch it. And you're a bit like me, which is if it's content you've seen before, the only way you can really fit it in with watching it is either if you have a long period of time off work or if it's for a podcast. <laughs> if it's not, it's like, I really want to rewatch this film. Has anyone done it in a podcast yet? No, they haven't. Quick, spider dad. <laughs> Could you do this movie, yeah. please? <laughs> Sorry, please. Why did you specifically speak to uh, Mentor uh, want to do Rebels Reviewed, really? I think rebels and clone wars both make certainly for the prequels they make them better and even though it's it's an animated show it's it's an animated medium the the story i mean there there are throwaway episodes which are just a bit they they don't have to be there but some of the themes are so deep and actually in particular the prequels i think time has really helped them because uh, again, I, I was like a lot of people in and around my age, I was quite disappointed by it because it, it just wasn't Star Wars as I recognized it. But in particular, it was some stuff that's happened in the US in the last few years, you know, with the, the whole insurrection and everything. You're like, it, beca- it became over time more relevant. The political themes and the cleverness. And also, you know, when, when I was growing up, you just thought the Jedi was like the epitome of everything. You thought Luke was, was fantastic, but Yoda was really the man and everything. And actually, when you retrospectively think about it, not when I was watching the pre- prequels when they were coming out, but it's through content like this where you're thinking, well, actually, the Jedi were asleep at the wheel. They were a bit shit, really, weren't they? You know, by the end of it. And how did they let this happen? You know, they they were the ones who shouldn't have let it happen and, and just, like say, sleep sleepwalked into it. So I think I'm one of those, like, insufferable born-again Christians or something that <laughs> once you've once you've experienced it and you've discovered it, it's like, guys, you've got to watch this. This is really good. And to coin Mike's phrase, it's possibly one of the best Star Wars content that's out there. So, you know, it's just when it was coming up in Andor. I mean, that that's the other thing that helps with your case as well, isn't it? The fact that Andor is in and around the same kind of time period and people were watching it and like, this is fucking brilliant. And it's like, well, if you think this is brilliant, you know, Rebels is pretty damn good and it, it's in and around the same space as well. So, you know, helping other people understand that it's not just all about Luke Skywalker and, and Anakin Skywalker and Ben Kenobi and, and whoever, that ultimately, you know, they, they got the glory shots, didn't they? You know, <laughs> right at the end there generally, but there's a whole system and, you know, the, the Empire and what that's doing and how clever it was to set up and, you know, you need these uh, uh, quote-unquote rebels you know, and they don't all necessarily get along. I, I just think it's so, so clever. And I guess, you know, they had to do it as an animated, just budget constraints and whatever, but it's just so, so well done. And like I say, it, the writing is so much more than what you would think is just an after-school cartoon. 
Mm-hmm. And how did you feel going in and watching those first two episodes again after? Because it's been it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a few years since yeah. uh, you watched. Uh, it was probably lockdown number one. <laughs> it was around the time I, I started the show, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I, 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 it was a while ago. And going into it this time, so I mean, you start off with the first one, and you're sort of thinking, well. I, I haven't read any of the Dave Filoni quotes or anything, but I mean, did he literally just watch Aladdin and then start <laughs> sketching the story for this first one? Because it seems to be Ezra Miller basically is Aladdin, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> he to me, like he him. is anyway. Exactly. He looks like him. He's, he's a street rat kind of thing. He's very wily, you know, can handle himself, get by by himself. But then that first episode is is about this coming to this chance coming together with this this group. So again, I I felt like that bit was you know quite um, not forced. Well, yeah, it's probably a little bit forced, um, but then I'm okay. I'm I'm good to go with it. It's when you get further into the season that that you get more of the law, more of what's really going on, and and the stuff that makes you think. And that's where I I think I've done it again. I've binged it again, but actually I should have a bit more discipline and slow down. So not for all the episodes, but the one with the the more deeper kind of thought-provoking stuff. I I think maybe before we do season two, I might actually binge this again (laughs) with with some deliberate pauses in between the episodes. So, but yeah, I I thought it was great. And even but what I would say though about the second episode in the um, yeah in the second one. I just didn't really feel like C-3PO and R2-D2 had to be there. I felt it was a bit fan service-y. Yeah. And I, but I was trying to think, okay, is that because they felt like they had to do that stuff? I mean, I don't know. Did you ever watch Droids? I mean, there was so much I've crap se- Star Wars it. content. Um, I've seen it. And it's, <laughs> a lot of people hold Droids and Ewoks in high regard. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, um, but I know that C-3PO blinks in it, and it always freaked me out because it doesn't make any sense why he, he blinks. But yeah, yeah. I, I was not overly a fan of what I saw, but I was quite young. It was ages ago. But I know some people absolutely love it. Some people aren't a fan. But I know it's quite cheesy, and it's not it's not serious in a lot of ways. It's just this kind of... No. It's definitely of its era, of the 80s. It's stuff for me. It's like... It probably came out in and kind around about the same same time as Caravan of Courage. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't the best. I'm not going to go back unless I'm forced to and and watch it because I want it, it in my memory. It's not too bad, mm-hmm. but I've got a feeling if I go back and watch it, it'll be pretty bad. But yeah, I mean, it was all around them. It was all around uh, R2D2 and C3PO and hanging about with Ewoks and stuff. So yeah, when they showed up here, I was like, I, I, you've done a great job in the first episode of introducing these different characters, and it's all your main archetypes, isn't it? You know, you've got Zeb as the the grumpy, you know, but lovable uh, original Wookiee design. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, Kanan, you know, he's he's like your your Ben Kenobi type. You've got Ezra, who's your Luke Skywalker. So I thought he did a good job of throwing them all together. And then I, I yeah, I think Episode Two is probably one of those throwaway ones for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because episode one and two is the Spark of the Rebellion special, but episode three is the one with the droid, um, droid in distress with the R two and three PO one. So that's the, it's it's kind of it's one of those weird things. Depending on where you look, episode two some places is the droid one as you're discussing, but in other places, oh, right, it's, okay, it's 
part one and episode one and episode two so in any case i still completely agree and so that'll lead us on then we'll talk about sort of people popping up and cameos and things we'll, we'll get into sort of the main uh, characters and things in a moment but i'll ask so math obviously when you start watching this a whole new host of characters uh which is quite interesting but what did you think of some of the appearances from familiar faces you know we've got r2 and 3po as dave's just mentioned uh, we've got lando um who i adore in anything uh we've got tarkin and then you've got um the holocron of obi-wan kenobi so what do you think of a lot of these and obviously vader as well uh, what do you think of these appearances and cameos how do you think they worked in the story do you find that they made you more invested in this new content or did you find you drew back a little bit what are your kind of thoughts on those um, the holocron. I, I, I quite like the fact that they, what they did with that, where they had uh, Obi Wan appear on the holocron, a bit like Princess Leia does for Obi Wan further down the line. Um, I, I love R two. C three PO is just he's always been a bit frustrating, yeah, <laughs> and that he. Again, I, I feel they're putting, so there's a familiar, familiarity of Star Wars. Even though we are learning a whole new crew, they're just putting little breadcrumbs there. Of, you know, these are characters that you already know. So if we throw them in there, you're going to feel like, okay, I know this universe. Um. It, <laughs> Lando, yes, I like Lando again. He's, um, I, I, I quite enjoy that episode. I just felt that they, they got completely played in that. Um, it would, it, it, it was typical Lando though, kind mm-hmm. of as if he's completely set them up here. He knows they're going to lose so he can get them to do what he wants to do. <laughs> and he, even, I know we, out, we're going to jump around the episodes a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, even when they kind of, they go off and they think they've got one over on him, he's like, ha You know, it, again, it's like he's planned it all out. And, and that's a typical kind of, that, to be fair, it's a bit unfortunate we don't get enough of him in the, in the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's what, it, now, I'm assuming that he's going to probably show up more in season two, three, and four. Hopefully, because whether he does not, don't know. Um, nothing of anything to do with series two to four. You can pose all the questions you want, <laughs> and you'll get the same answer, which is nothing at all. Damn it, damn it. Um, and that, but I mean, it, it, again, they they do like to put little things in there so that you still feel you're in the Star Wars universe. Universe, but I enjoy the fact that yes, you are getting a brand new crew. You you have got Ezra, Luke Skywalker. You know, Zeb is is chewy. Um, it's it's funny with you saying um, Caelan Bean, Obi Wan. He's a cross between Obi Wan and Han to a certain degree. Mm. Um, but then it's like Hera. Hera seems to be more the more the guiding. The one who she's got the, her head screwed on. She, she mm-hmm. she's the boss. To be fair, yeah. um, she she's the one who kind of she, she calls the shots an awful lot. She knows how to kind of play people, not in a bad way, but to get the best out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like Sabine. I, I I don't know where I would fit her in 
to do general arc there. But uh, again, it's, it's amusing the fact that Ezra's kind of, he's Sabine and he's like, you know, he gets some love eyes kind of thing of, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try show off to her and she's having none of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it seems Ezra and Zeb's relationship, you can see where that's going to go. You can see that kind of bickering siblings to a certain degree. Um, and even with Chopper in there as well, uh, I think he's... <laughs> Again, there's a lot kind of you're thrown at you straight away, uh, but it, it don't feel like it's overwhelming. And the... Uh, I've lost me. The, the holocom is like you were saying there, Dave, about uh, Aladdin. Holocom's like the lamp. This is the thing that's kind of going to, you know, he's going to rub this to get his power to a certain degree because it, it kind of, I mean, it leads further on into the episodes, um, which I quite enjoy because for all I've said that, I probably didn't think I was as much of a Star Wars fan. I, I've played the games I've played, um, Boss Unleashed and Natural Little Puppets, one of the greatest Star Wars games I've ever played. But could be one of the greatest games for the story-wise. Um, so it, it's nice that they, they do dip back into these other things. They keep this universe and they like to just... People, whether you're big fans or, or where you come from, there's always something you can kind of grab and know where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good points. Um, so we'll we'll delve into the main crew then. Uh, we've sort of spoken about the cameos. Unless Dave, there was something specific you want to add on the cameo uh, element of what we're just saying. Cool. So, <clears throat> so we'll speak about uh, the the crew themselves. So I want to uh, share my screen and show yourselves one of the um, here it is the Ralph Macquarie concept art that they used a lot for Star Wars. So for Star Wars Rebels, and they used it a bit in Mandalorian, they've used um, some old concept art that Ralph McQuarrie used. Now you can see here that on the screen, these characters resemble Star Wars Rebels. Now the one that was Chewie, which is the uh, concept art for Chewbacca, that turned into obviously Wookiees, but Zeb is a Lasat. And one of the fun things about the Star Wars canon is Lasats often get confused with Wookiees. And that's actually what happens in one of the episodes in this season, because they came from the same concept art, which is one of those really clever just little levels of things you can see here sort of in the bottom right that you've got an r2d2 unit with an arm coming out which obviously in the original uh trilogy r2 doesn't have that coming out the side mm. and it's that kind of element of and there's also a, a woman pilot there down the front and it's like that's more like what hera is so you've got these elements of the concept art that they use that i just i love that element i, I just when i go into that and there's loads of other ones that I won't say because we're not there yet and I don't want to spoil things in the future. But the use of that in-universe, I, I adore. So with the characters themselves and the design, I think they all balance each other out. And as the series unfolds, there are more... The, the, relate, the depth of the relationships become more intense. You can kind of tell certain things about them, um, which I love. And, you know, I often say in podcasts that Kanan is my favourite character in almost any Star Wars or any content outside of Star Wars. I absolutely adore him. And one of the things I love the most about Kanan specifically is because he is a flawed person and a flawed master. He, as much as I love some of the characters, like Yoda in a lot of Star Wars is kind of perceived as this never-wrong being. But as the High Republic starts to explore a lot of people, and this says it a little bit when there's some training, then obviously Yoda pops up and things. Uh, it's the kind of nod to it a few episodes before. You've got Kanan, and he's like, um, you know, do or do not, there is no try. And Ezra's like, what does that even mean? And Kanan's like, 
uh, Marcia used to say it quite a lot. I don't really know. And in like the High Republic, there's little nods where when they're not around Yoda for a while, they're like, Yoda always says this thing. And it's like, what does that mean? It's like, I don't know. He just said it all the time. I just, I, I thought you knew. He just sounds really wise when he says it. I don't always understand him. And that kind of idea where Kanan is a real person. And as much as I love like Obi-Wan Kenobi and things, when you see him, especially in uh, A New Hope, he just seems like be- he's like almost like a- an ethereal being. He just kind of floats through the hot everything and he's in command of everything. And obviously Alec Guinness is a brilliant actor and he's so well spoken and in the scene and everything like that. Whereas Kanan is this Han Solo-esque type Jedi who's, you know, you don't really know much about his past. And you don't know about that math of about you've only got little snippets of it mm. thus far. And as that starts to unravel as well, you get more knowing of why he's the way he is. So that was Kanan is my favorite character. If I go to you uh, then, Dave, do you obviously your favorite character for the whole season might be different from your favorite character from season one, but you can say both if they are different characters, but any sort that stand out to you and it can be goodies or baddies. I mean, I do like Kanan, but Mm -hmm. since you've chose him, I'll (laughs) go different. Uh, I'd have to go chopper. (laughs) because um and i don't know maybe i'm influenced by late seasons as well but you know r2d2's a little bit cheeky but chopper just takes that to a different level i think he's got so much personality and you know for someone who doesn't have any actual dialogue as such you know i just think the the way they they kind of animate him the way he moves uh and the the little sounds that he makes and stuff and like you say he's got the little arm i've never seen that picture by the way that was awesome so yeah i'm I'm gonna go chopper that's a very good choice and also with chopper it's funny because he's even older than r2 because when r2 meets him in episode three or episode two depending uh, the droids one that dave mentioned he he calls him an old droid and Mm. uh there is other content that you can see as well you get to see him even sort of younger and things and he is from sort of pre-clone wars era and obviously r2 was around a little bit before the phantom menace so math obviously you mentioned characters you like a little bit but any sort of ones that really do stand out or any that you actually haven't warmed to yet um i, I, I do like zeb i do like uh but uh could be a controversial callus and I, I do like callus i do like the fact that he 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 obviously is wanting to hunt him down, and you can see that he's, he's trying to think several steps ahead of them all, all the time, and he's trying to outsmart him. And unfortunately, that a lot of luck, to be fair, whether it's the force, who knows? Um, but I, I do like the fact that Callison, each time he's on, I actually, it's weird, and you kind of root him for him in a way. Mm. And that, um, and you can see the fact that he, he just seems to get, you know, get the bad end of the stick all the time. Uh, but I, I do quite enjoy him a lot, an awful lot. And as I say, Zeb as well. Um, I, I just, I, I like that. It, Zeb comes across as the, the middle child when the youngest is born and it's like, oh, I'm not the baby anymore, kind of thing, <laughs> and and, and it, it, you can tell that he does like Ezra, but he also he really likes to take the mick. He really likes to kind of wind him up and that. But then it, it's amusing whenever there's anyone else there. There's always a little bit of conflict, a little bit of kind of putting him down. When they're two together, they they're quite tight together. 
uh, we have the the episode with the um, the Tie Fighter when they when they go steal the Tie Fighter. Again, you see that bonding moment between them, and it and it's really nice. And, and again, I think Ezra at this point, he, he's not unlikable, but he's not he's not the character that I I were kind of rooting for as such. And I know we're following his story along more than anything else, but he, he just kind of, he feels like a bit of a plot point just to kind of move us through. And I'm assuming as the seasons go on, we're going to kind of grow into, because we are growing with him and we're trying to learn it at all. But I, I, I do feel sometimes as is the, the weak point of the episodes. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 it, is, it is something that, in my opinion, does change over time, and I think that's one of the things, because Ahsoka is a little bit like that as well, uh, which is in the Clone Wars. And so, you know, it's she's a character that grows with it, so if we ever go back to the Clone Wars, I think you can kind of see that. But obviously, with Ezra, at the end of this season, um, you saw him get a scratch on his cheek, the two sort of scratches. Mm. Um, he has that now. That that That's part of his his face permanently and every season there is an update both in how um how good the animation is but also the characters go through change in each season and you actually see it which that little scratch may not seem like a lot but over time you kind of see differences and things which i, I really enjoy as well uh, and it's funny you say about Callus because obviously he's part of the isb and the isb obviously is a central part of andor and it's like whenever people are like, oh, i love that part of andor so it was in Rebels first. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm pretty certain it was all in Legends before any of that, but in the canon, it's like on the screen, it, it was actually, and there is a lot more to it. It's normally, it's in like one or two rooms in Rebels because obviously animating stuff is like, it just seems to always take place in one of their offices and <laughs> nowhere else, the ISB business. But I really like that element and I find that the, one thing I love about the Air Quits baddies, you know, the, when I say Air Quits baddies, I don't like saying goodies and baddies, but I realize we have a name for them, they're the Empire. When you have the majority of Empire characters, you've got a couple that stand out. You've got the Minister Woman, then you've got kind of one of the main officers and the, the sort of bigger um, officer, the skinny face one and the, the bigger one. And obviously you've got Callus and things. But then the majority of the other ones, when you see just a, an officer randomly on one of the sort of missions that's out somewhere, they've got their cap down to a certain level so you can't see their face. And it's just that when you've got a lot of them at stations, they all kind of look, the, well, they all look the same. They're the same model. Obviously, cutting corners because of animation but it, it actually works in the story because it's like they're all just faceless beings they're just they're, they're all the same you, they're, they're all identical and we're literally going to make them identical as well so i really like the, the way they use these elements of things and one thing i want to bring up is the sort of the lightsabers and the lightsaber battles and things because this is something that some people find quite jarring because the lightsabers in this are a lot thinner than they look in other styles content which is intriguing um one thing that is a standout for me as well a moment uh so feel free to sprinkle these in for uh, throughout the conversation if you think of any that are standouts is 22 pickup which is at the end of the sort of first episode special when you you get a lot of hints that kanan is uh, a jedi and things and then it's like oh, i want to do a 22 pickup and you as a even this time when i watched it i've seen it several times before and even this time, it's like a 22 pickup. And he's like, what's a 22 pickup? It's like, here we go. And then when it happens, it's just this cool moment where it's just, it's, it's Ezra's world blows open. And it kind of, that's how I felt watching it. When I was watching Rebels the first time, I was like, I'm getting into this. This is cool. I'm, I'm enjoying this. But, you know, how am I going to feel about a show that hasn't got much of the force? Because that's my favorite part of it. You know, 
this is going to be a spiritual successor show to the Clone Wars in a way. So how's that going to work? And then that happened. I was like, oh my God. Yes. All of that. I, I want it. So with the lightsabers and that element itself, um, Math, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you found, uh, the lightsabers and the action set pieces as well, specifically, um, how you kind of felt, uh, about, yeah, the action set pieces, including lightsabers. Um, it, I, 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 the thing is, I don't have as much kind of from the Clone Wars and things like that. I've not really watched them, so it's not been really much of an issue. I can remember being little math and my dad coming home with a, a lightsaber, which was basically, it was a blue torch with a giant plastic, uh, what, like giant light fitting kind of on it. Um, and obviously the, the films as well. I, it, it didn't really kind of, it wasn't jarring to me. I just thought, I, when we first saw Kenan with his, with the lightsaber in his quarters, and I thought, oh, now I, I already assumed he was force sensitive, um, obviously with the show being what it was. Um, it, it's interesting the fact that one good thing about Kenan is, He's a Jedi. He's he's Ezra's master. He's so flawed, and he doesn't believe in himself to be able to do this. Um, and the fact that it's a learning process for Ezra, and it's a learning process for him as well. Which you know we have several times in the you know in these episodes where he doesn't want to do this. He he tries to push Ezra off onto someone else. Um, the, the action, it's, I, I, I quite enjoyed, I mean, it, it's not, it, it's a lot better than Yoda bouncing around fighting, um, General Grievous, is it? Count Dooku. Oh, d- right, okay, there we go. Um, see, I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, it, Again, it's animation, so they can get away with a lot more because of, of what it is. But it flowed quite well. I quite enjoyed it. Um, and it's nice the fact we have episodes where there's a lot of action in it, and then there's episodes where, although you could argue other filler episodes, it's a bit more kind of learn the characters. There's the one episode with the... It's just merely her and Sabine on the planet where... We kind of, it ties in, we go back to it later on. At, at first I thought, oh, this is just not really going anywhere. But you kind of, you learn that relationship and you learn the fact that Hera's now starting to trust this person that she didn't before. So we we do have these action scenes, which are, you know, Star Wars are action scenes, so you know you enjoy them. But it, it's nice the fact that, again, for technically a kid's program, there's a lot more depth to it. Um, it, it it's, it's like a, that argument I have um, with uh, pantomimes. Pantomimes are for kids. They are, but if you actually watch pantomime, you realise how rude they are and how much there is there for, for the adults, like Shrek and things like that. There's so much there that they're aware that adults are going to sit with the kids to watch this thing. So there's stuff there for the children the stuff there for the adults that keep them tied in and keep them interested so that they will sit down with the kids and go, do you know what? Yeah, let's watch Rebels. 
Mm -hmm. And Dave, what do you kind of uh, think about all that? Uh, I think there is a lot of saucy innuendo in uh, pantomimes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I remember taking my kids and I was like, I don't remember this from pantomimes when I was a kid. But yeah, they've probably always been like that. You just don't notice it when you were a kid. Um, I thought the action was really good. And I I don't know, I'd never really picked up on the fact that the the lightsabers are, are thinner. Again, I, I think I'm possibly more forgiving. You know, when you, you're growing up in the 80s, like most of the stuff is pretty shit. And it, in fact, I... <laughs> like the, in terms of animation and special effects and stuff, you know, you have some, a few great standouts, but there was a lot of crap as well. I'll go back to the original Star Wars, the original New Hope, before it's all touched up and everything. There's a few moments where Obi-Wan's show, showing down with uh, Darth Vader and the, the lightsaber's almost head on looking at the camera and it looked really weird i i think i've watched it more recently it's obviously been all digitally touched up and stuff but whatever effect they were using for that i always remember even you know years ago when you're watching it on the vhs like oh that looks really crap but you know (laughs) you you don't take to message boards and and uh or twitter or social media or whatever and say oh it looks a bit weird that it's a bit crap in it and and then it feeds a negativity into the world then doesn't it whereas like say when you're just watching it at home it's just a thing you notice and then it's gone you you're on to enjoying the movie so yeah i i i think with some of the characters like the inquisitor the way he's sort of shaped it's very stylized it's not supposed to reflect. It's not supposed to be like photorealistic. It's not supposed to be exactly like the films. I mean, part of that might be, I think part of it is budget, but part of it is just the style of it. So, yeah, I, I just, with the lightsabers, I, I took it as that. And, yeah, I thought the action was really good. And I think, like say, the the classic Star Wars sound design as well. I thought I thought the sound was on par with the films I, I, and i think that really pulls you into the universe mm-hmm. i agree and so let's get into the, the standout moments and also uh standout episodes if you can remember them because obviously there were 16 in this and there's more in the in the next two seasons i think are 22 and then i think the finale is 15 or 16 as well so it's not a huge amount whereas clone wars there's a lot but Standout elements and parts that you enjoyed. Obviously, I said about the 22 pickup is one of my favorites, but linking in with that um, is something I liked, which is kind of linking with what we were just speaking about, the action scenes and things, is with Kanan and the Grand Inquisitor. Now, a lot of this journey, now a lot of Rebels in general as the, as the whole season, which obviously I'm not going to spoil elements of it, but this season one, as well as the whole show, it's, it's meant to, on the surface, it looks like it's Ezra's journey, but it's actually every character's journey. And Kanan, as kind of Math touched upon earlier, he is one of the central points that I connect with. And he's the kind of person that when you watch him grow, and you can watch it across everything, how he interacts with Ezra, how he interacts with the rest of the crew, even Chopper and things, how he goes out on missions and things, his interactions with the hero. But when he fights the Grand Inquisitor, every time he fights him, it's different. And it's different because Kanan is adapting and learning and becoming more, letting the force flow through him, not holding back as much, not hiding who he is and this potential behind him. And you see it that after he speaks with Yoda, which I loved, loved 
when Yoda was in it. I was just like, when I was watching this the first time, I was like, this show is amazing. And then they go to a Jedi temple, and I was like, oh, Jedi stuff, incredible. And then Yoda's voice, and I'm like, I don't care how many times, how many shows they can fit Yoda into. I'm having it. I'm ha- I'm happy. I like hearing Yoda, and he's when he's used sparingly, which he was. I really liked his use in this. And I just think after that conversation, both Ezra and Kanan really grow and they, they learn. And there's that really dark part with Kanan and, um, when he searches for Luminara Unduli, who is a character who's basically a background character in the movies, but has a couple of talking lines in the Clone Wars, but like a couple more than that. Um, but it's just this journey of Kanan. I think the, the, the battles with the Grand Inquisitor really show each time. I think it's four or five times they fight. Every time you show a growth in Kanan, and, and obviously in the final time where he really fools themselves, he beats him. And, and I just love that element. So if I go to you then, Dave, uh, favourite sort of either ele- uh, scenes or episodes in particular or just parts of this, the, the real parts that made you enjoy season one? Kind of wishing I didn't watch it about six weeks ago now. Um, <laughs> Next time we'll watch them a <laughs> no, little close no, together. That, that's quite all right. No, so I don't know if I have real standout moments um i think one of the things i really like about this season though i i do think like i say when it when it starts off it's kind of like aladdin Mm -hmm. runs into uh the a team and then that's it they they go off and and everything comes really easily because when you experience a story they they did this on walking dead Right, because they they'll like in season three they'll discover. Oh, right! If I put if I cover myself in zombie guts, the zombies won't smell me. Um, and it took them like three seasons to figure that out. And then when they had the spin-off show, Fear of the Walking Dead, that group have nailed it in like episode three. Never mind season three. And I, I always found that a bit weird. And and with this as well, everything it feels like to me it just comes a bit easy. You know, even Ezra tapping into the Force and stuff. It, you know, if you look at um, A New Hope, it, it, the Force did not come easy to Luke. You know, he, he he's doing the old practicing in the Millennium Falcon, and, and he's a bit shit, really. He keeps getting <laughs> zapped, doesn't he? Um, and then at the end, you know, he hears Ben, but it's a bit ambiguous, isn't it? Did that just give him the confidence to take the shot, or was he using the Force? It, it's like... It's just tapping into it. You know, it's like a, a little drip out of the tap. Whereas Ezra, you know, a couple of episodes in, he's, he's turned the tap right right down. So that jars with me a little bit, but I get it. You can't just retread the same steps and go at the same pace. People know this and they're familiar with it. So just kind of get on with it. But I like how the season gets darker. So it starts off with that real, I want to find a better word because it sounds like I'm being negative, but I'm not, but, but like juvenile, like a young feel Naive to almost. it. Mm. Yeah. And, and then I think, you know, especially when you get Grand Moff Tarkin, I mean, he's a fucking great baddie and he, <laughs> you, you've got to have Darth Vader at the top of the tree for me as, as your best baddies, but Grand Moff Tarkin is a twat as well. And I, I love him, you know, such a, uh, well, he's English, isn't he? So he's obviously a baddie. Um, so yeah, but just the the smoothness, the calmness—he's all collected. Um, him popping up, I, I thought was great. Weirdly, a, a couple of episodes that do stand out for me when um, so breaking ranks when Ezra goes undercover 
I felt like that was quite a different episode because that was less about the ensemble group then, wasn't it? And it was more about just him. And it was quite a, you know, considering he's just been a street rat, it's quite a departure to suddenly you're an undercover spy kind of thing. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And the other one with um, Hera and Sabine, when they end up on that planet, when you've got the uh, aliens who you probably remember the names of, but I don't. I, I can't who, remember, but I, I think Maff was talking about them earlier where they come, they go yeah. back to it, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but they, they obviously, they can't um go into the light so they they have to live in the shadows in in the dark and stuff it felt to me like there was a real peril there like actually someone could die here you know maybe not both of them but maybe one of them and so i th- i think that might have even been the turning point where i was like oh hang about this isn't just like you know four o'clock when you're back from school you know make yourself a sandwich and then and then watch cartoons so yeah, that one, I, I don't think they're the best episodes. I think as the season goes on, let's face it, when the Grand Inquisitor's around, uh, you know, they, oh, he's not the Grand Inquisitor, is he? He's just no, an he Inquisitor. Is he the Grand Inquisitor? In, in season, yeah, in this season, yeah, he's the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think when he turns up, those are probably the best or my favourite episodes. But, yeah, the ones that stick out in my mind, like I say, those other two, just for different reasons, because they, they're a bit more different than the other ensemble um episodes mm-hmm. and i will say I, I looked it up they're called fernox uh these creatures and they were first um in in uh out of the darkness so that episode of rebels and they've appeared in a little bit here and there sort of in the past um of the canon but in the canon that's where they first came out but there were sort of versions of them in one place in a game the star wars old republic the cartel market in that game so they, they've been in one other place that's not really the same. They are standing out in the sun and stuff. So they've <laughs> kind of taken the name of a beast that's quite different. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fair enough. And so, Math, with yourself, sort of standout uh, episodes and elements of uh, um, Rebels. I think episode eight, I think it is. Uh, it's the one with Sebo. Is it Sebo? Am I saying that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. The, the Rodian who's got the cybernetic yeah. thing about him. Yes. Um, I think. That was, I think that was a good one because at that point, like I said, Ezra was that whiny kid. We're getting to the point where it was getting a little bit annoying and then you can understand why he's got this hard shell and this, he doesn't want to get close to anyone because of his parents and you can see the desperation of him trying to find out what's happened to his parents and that he's willing to kind of give everything up to kind of follow this and help this person that he sees as he knew were his parents' friend. Um, so I quite enjoyed the fact that, again, you're learning a bit more about him, you're getting a bit more depth to him, you're getting to the point where you're actually caring about him as opposed to him just being this one of Luke Skywalker. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed that one. And then I think, I think it might be the next episode where they then end up back on the planet uh, with the Fernox. And uh, um, Kenan and the Inquisitor are fighting, and Kenan gets injured to the point where you think, oh, this this is going to go bad. And you see the dark side 
come from Ezra as he calls the the mummy beast up and she she comes and takes the inquisitor and they, they escape. It, again, that, that's a bit where I suppose it's easier for them to explore the dark side for Ezra and it's that balance now that he's having to kind of fight with which he could quite easily go one way or the other, I suppose, at this point. And I think that's a part where Kanan kind of realises that I need to step in at this point. I need to, because it was a few episodes before when he tried to give Luma the, well, the plan was he was going to get Luma to train him mm-hmm. and he was just going to go about his merry way and not have to, uh, to deal with the force. Um, so it, it, it's, you're starting to kind of understand where these characters are all coming from and they're all, they're all broken. And that's why they work quite well together. Um, the fact that they are so... They, they rely on each other a lot more than what they probably give each other credit. And that's why it's a team that's kind of coming together and it's working really well. Yeah, I think Hera's the only one who truly sees the value of each other. I think she's the one, she's the vision. I mean, Hera's, you know, the the goddess, um, the queen of the gods. You know, she's the mother in the Greek mythology. That's her kind of jam. So the name suits her, and she is one of my all-time favorite characters as well. I absolutely love her. Um, but again, with a lot of this stuff, me and Dave are having to hold back because it's like there's certain reasons we like certain characters, but we can't tell you that, Mafka, or any of the listeners who are sort of watching along on things. But yeah, Ezra's journey especially is something that I really enjoy something you both sort of touched on and is foray into the dark side and obviously that element has not been resolved this season and there's three more seasons to go so we'll see what elements of that kind of uh, come up again and as you say Kanan really had to learn to kind of step in and be a part of that and one thing I want to know about um, Ezra funnily enough is he was born around one or two days before Luke slash Leia so he is basically the same age as them but i think that what they've kind of done with him is show that he grew up with his parents till he was young but then he was by himself for a long period of time you know whereas luke had kind of the inverse he had kind of this cushy life he was kind of somewhat repressed and he didn't get to connect with the force because he was doing some stuff that was so i imagine mind-numbing with you know going out and moisture farming it's not very stimulating so i imagine like using the force wasn't really necessary because there's not really those scenarios that occur that you need it whereas if you're by yourself and you're like you're you're starving basically unless you can get this fruit you're you're going to almost die if you don't do this thing the force can kind of call to you and guide you in certain ways because you kind of need it whereas luke didn't need it he had a cushy life with his aunt and uncle and so i think that they kind of did the inverse whereas luke kind of started with a family and kind of found his own way in the universe ezra was kind of like he found how how to survive by himself which luke was somewhat lacking and he then had to learn how to work with other people he had to let people see the real him and accept others so that they could accept him and he had a lot of that baggage and a lot of like abandonment issues and as you said math you know in that episode uh with sibo it was that you saw that vulnerability with him you you saw him kind of saying i just want to be by myself and they're all like and kanan's like i want to and here's like come on just let him let him have a bit of time and some people are pushing and some people aren't and then sabine has that moment where she kind of realizes what's happening and that like, he was born on empire day and all these sort of parts around ezra that he's kind of trying to hold on to and i really like that i, I just I, I love that element i love the growth and i think it's really good for, for young uh, viewers as well as just for adults and things um so just a couple more things uh, of positivity because we start to sort of um towards the end we've got a few more bits to go through um but i've obviously noted uh ezra's growth and things but one little funny side thing i quite like is that 
on Empire Day, which is a canon thing, which is, you know, the day the Empire uh, took over, they play the Imperial March, but they play in it in a major instead of in uh, either original or minor. Um, but so you play it in a higher octave, so it's more upbeat, and this is kind of marching band feel to the the Imperial March. And I love the fact they've canonized that. That's just so fun to me. That's one of those fun little things where in the universe, if you played the, the arguably the most famous Star Wars theme to anyone in the Star Wars universe, you know, two of them, you've got uh, Figure It Down in the Modal Odes, I think it's Wild About Me, is the name of the song in the cantina, you play that song, it's like a canon song, and now the Imperial marches. So it's it's little things like that that I really, really enjoyed. And there's quite a few quotes as well that I quite enjoyed. I'm just going to say uh, one out of them, which is um, it's Hera, and it's from episode one. And this is one of the things that kind of convinces uh, Ezra to really change his ways. And it's, if all you do is fight for your own life, then your life is worth nothing. And it's like, that's quite a powerful thing to say to um, someone who is, um, I think he's about 14 it's like his 14th birthday in one of the episodes so it's like that's quite a lot to put on this kid but also it's really a sign to show right you survive by yourself now it's time to kind of be around others so i've just spoken a lot about that so any kind of more stand-up things i'll go with you sort of math um any other things that you found uh elevated little moments or anything else you want to mention uh i, I enjoyed when they stole the typewriter <laughs> did you like when they painted it and stuff as well <laughs> yeah that that comes back I mean, it's even because to start with, and is that the one where they go and try to rescue the farmers who have been captured by the Empire? I think, the, yeah, I think that's when yeah. they get the Tie Fighter. That's when they steal yeah. it, and then they need to go back and get it to break in at some point. Yeah, and the, and the, this, and it's like, um, yeah, it doesn't quite look like a Tie Fighter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you see it, and it's basically being graffitied. And I just thought, oh. I, I, I really enjoyed that. It's, you know, this weapon of destruction is now looks like a, you know, a Justin Pollock kind of <laughs> It's like a teenager's yeah. race car in it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was nice. But again, that's one of them things where you have uh, Ezra and Zeb. You know, it's like the big brother, little brother kind of thing. Whereas, <laughs> like, nudging each other kind of, oh dear, oh we're going to get in trouble here and that, but it, it's, that, that's one of, it, there's a family atmosphere to the, to the crew and that, that you're starting to kind of see, um, Empire Day, I, that was one of them ones as well, where you start realizing again, you start feeling a bit more for Ezra, you start understanding, uh, where he's coming from and why, why he's had a bit of a shit life. Like you say, Luke had a cushy life. Ezra didn't. I suppose the the force has probably always been with him and he's just not realised he's been using it, but now he has a way to channel it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it same as when he gets the Kyber Crystal. Um, I do like how he constructs his own lightsaber from that. I love um, his lightsaber. Not, I love it not so what I expected. No, it's nothing that. like anyone's ever seen before. I think it's one of my all-time favourite lightsaber designs. I think it is just genius. Sorry. Yeah, because I, I think I mentioned to you, and I said, oh, why do they not make, you know, kyber cannons or something like that? He said, well, they do. <laughs> it's in the comics. <laughs> it, it makes a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. And that, but yeah, I, I do like the fact that it, it's thinking outside the box. He's used to using a, you know, a blaster. 
but then he's incorporated this lightsaber, which gives him, you know, it gives him options there. Because um, they don't need to be like, because they need to be incognito, yeah. I think is a part of it as well, which is an element you don't get to see. If you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order, um, there's not really much, and aside from Kenobi, really, but it, Kenobi flashes it around constantly. But it's like that idea of when you're a Jedi, you kind of have to hide. And I think his lightsaber mm. helps that. Because like, he gets it out and Kenny's like, what are you doing? He's like, um, shoot, shoot. And he's like, Mine doesn't do that. <laughs> Is there an element of jealousy there? Well, yeah, I mean, um, Fallen Order is a brilliant game, and the fact that you, as you go along, I mean, I, I hope at some point they do something more with uh, Cal... Cal Kessis. There's a new game Cal coming Kessis. out in I know there's a new game. Two I'm months. Hoping and there's a book. They may do... All oh, right whether they do something live action or whether they do something animated with him, because I think it it, it deserves that. I think they probably um, do a trilogy of games, and then if he survives the end of that, they might bring him into it, but <laughs> we shall see. Is there anything else to add on that front, math before you ask Dave for his final good um, points? I've... I suppose most people who listen to this have probably know a lot more about the series than what I do. So I've heard Ahsoka. I know what she looks like, and I know she's more from Clone Wars than from this. Um, so that's a character that is revealed at the end of the um, the last episode of this. Um, as I said, I don't really know much about her. I know she's hitting a TV um, show herself. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I'm, I, I know you're not going to tell me anything, so I, there's no point really asking this, but I don't know whether it, it, is it worth kind of probably finishing off Rebels and then going to Clone Wars or, or, or where to kind of pick her from because um, I think obviously she's going to probably be a big part of the the, the, the next few seasons. Um but again, it, it, it's here as kind of she, she's playing them to be able to kind of build this rebel uh, resistance and that. And obviously, you you know, we we see this dark hooded character that we don't know who they are, but then it's revealed that it's Ahsoka. I quite I quite like that, even though I'm not I, I'm aware of who she is, but I'm not really aware. of aware of who she is, but I'm not aware of who she is in a way, because I, I don't know the character. Mm-hmm. And then at, at the very end, um, spoilers again, Darth Vader. Um, it, it's, it's that thing where you, you even just, you see him just for a little bit, it's like, oof, <laughs> oof, they're in trouble. <laughs> brilliant so so dave you got any comments on that as well especially with ahsoka because obviously you watched obviously we won't say anything post rebels but you know uh, what are your thoughts on the ahsoka comments and then your sort of final good parts of uh rebels well ahsoka does appear first of all in the clone wars movie so i think you should watch that <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that does explain who she is i wonder dave is it they reveal who she is in this i think as it goes on but is it better for math to know I don't think you have to know anything. No. I think okay. the good thing that these series do, um, it allows you to watch this self-contained story. And especially with, with this series, if you just jump in at episode one, 
you can watch it and actually you see all as you progress through the season you see the change in the characters so it rewards you from starting from episode one but if you were to just you know wander in and you caught an episode you know you just see some uh, uh some cool animation star wars sounds you know people fighting with laser swords and whatever it's still you can still watch that self-contained episode i think the more of this animated star wars content that you watch though it rewards you for watching it because stuff pops up and you're like oh i know who that is you know ahsoka oh you know I, we met her in clone wars or, or whatever you know and and so i think it, it doesn't it's not like um some criticism of the mcu you know for the last few years really has been that people who, who have lost track of it are like oh you know what 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 is this one you know do i have to have watched 20 movies before i watch this next one you know it, it becomes a barrier then from from getting into it but i, I don't think you, there's no homework I, I, you just have to know ahsoka is another character she's an established character in this star wars uh, universe that's it I, I i don't think you need to watch anything else i i watched uh so canonically you know, Clone Wars does happen before Rebels, but I watched Rebels first as well. I, I watched all four seasons of Rebels, and then I was like, I need more. <laughs> There's no more. What's going on? Uh, and then that's what led me on to Clone Wars. And you get rewarded as well. I won't say any spoilers, but there's certain things that happen in both Clone Wars and Rebels in animation that have and will be coming out in live action. As obviously you're aware, uh, Math, because you mentioned there's the Ahsoka series, um, which is going to be happening at some point. Um, but yeah, so with that, sorry, Dave. Um, so any sort of final uh, positive points we may not have yet touched on before we start to wrap up? I'll ask no, about the I, predictions as well for Math as well after this, but sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I guess I, I'd kind of forgotten. So only going through it the once and then coming back and going through it the second time. It, it's amazing how much they pack into a single season, you know, and again, considering where, you know, some of the episodes are a little bit filler and you kind of watch it and you're like, I, I don't really know what, how did that move things forward? Like I say, you seem to have some episodes which are just a bit of fun and you're like, they're a bit thin on any kind of plot, but then I like, I prefer the episodes that drive things forward. You learn something about a particular character and that changes the way that you view them, you know, and uh, things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it. I think the season, seasons after this, just get better and better. So this is probably the toughest watch, you know, to get into. From here on in, though, I mean, you can probably tell from the last few episodes, things start to get quite heavy you know, from a story point of view and everything. And, and I, I can't actually wait to get into season two. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's... It, basically, the, the highest points in, in this season are what most of the midpoints are in the, the subsequent seasons. That's how I'd compare it. So most episodes going forward are as good as the best episodes in this season. That's the, generally how it is. The one thing I would like to say, it, it, you say about the... I did feel that some of them was... A little bit filler episodes. However, the one that we said uh, out of the darkness, one with Hera and Sabine, where they go back to the planet and the the aliens kind of 
get part of the story where they, they use them. I then kind of, it got me thinking that maybe some of the episodes that felt like filler in this, maybe then lead further down the line. It's like the Lando one. It seemed a bit of a, well, we're just going to put Lando in and that. Um, it, it didn't feel like it pushed the, the story on really that much more, but maybe that might, again, I know you're not going to tell me, but maybe that might come into play in season two or three or four. You know, watching them and thinking about them now, like I say, I do feel that although that some of those episodes did feel like they wasn't really going anywhere, I'm now wondering, is this just a setup? So that further down the line, you can think, oh, that was earlier, and that's why that's here now. Mm. So I, again, I don't know. No, of course, and it's it's one of those. It's it's and there's a lot there's a lot more story to go because this is all just introducing these characters. Now you know who they all are. You know the the Grand Inquisitor as well. You, when the series starts, you're like, are they going to be the big bad? And then by the end of the series, you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's interesting because uh, I thought Callus were going to be the big bad. Mm-hmm. And then Inquisitor comes along and it's like, oh, okay, there's someone else. And then at the end of, you know, episode 15, we see Daffod and then it's like, ooh. I'd, and, you know, it's the same as Tarkin. We're introduced to several bad guys. And I suppose each time you meet one, it's someone who's higher and more more deadly. And now, now I don't really know. Because, I mean, the Inquisitor... When he kind of turns up and talking, the Inquisitor is, you know, as a Sith, you would think, oh, he's a big bad guy. We know what Vader's like. And Tarkin just talks him like he's a piece of, you know, a piece of shit. Yeah. And you think, you're not powered in any way, but you have this confidence about you that makes you a damn sight more scarier than the guy with the pointy teeth and the red lightsaber. <laughs> Which is quite... It's quite interesting the fact that, you know, obviously he's, he's high in his rank. He, you know, he's like top of the top, but you realize that this guy, he, he, he's very scary, even though he's just a normal human. He's just a normal guy. And, you know, the power he's got, I suppose, is just from his mind, just from his, you know, his tactical genius. Or, or not so, maybe. I don't know. Put an exhaust on your Death Star. You know. I mean? you know. <laughs> There's a whole movie about that. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> so I, I guess the the only final point I'll make that is that, you know, I absolutely adore the original trilogy, as Mike's heard many, many times. But let's face it, it's a bit of a sausage fest, right? So, you know, they all go off to save the princess. So you need a female to play the part of the princess. Oh, and uh, Mon Mothma is in there as well for a, about five seconds. So it's light on real strong female characters. And Leia's got stronger as as time's gone on, I think. But even in Return of the Jedi, I mean, she was rescued, wasn't she? I, I guess she did try and rescue Han and then ended up having to get rescued herself. But yeah, I think what this se- series does as well, so Hera and Sabine, they, they feel like real fleshed-out characters. I mean, I... I we don't learn as much about Sabine in this one, 
we will learn a, a little bit more as as we go on. And Hera's like the she's almost like the mum of the group, isn't she? You know, everyone seems a bit broken, but she seems to have it all together in this season. I think. Um, but I believe all of the characters, you know, good strong male characters, good strong female characters as well. So I, I think that's an underrated part of this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the whole series, in fact, not just this season. She, I, I'm interested in about Sabine because when we first meet her, she's got the helmet on, and I thought, oh, Mandalorian. Mm. But then she takes the helmet off, and I thought, oh, that's a Mandalorian armor. But they're not meant to set the helmet off, as far as I'm aware. So, well, Math, let's just say <laughs> here's, a, here's a little thing. Here's a little thing um, that I will say. Same thing about Andor is that everything that is in the live-action Mandalorian stuff has been explored more in Rebels already. So uh, just any listeners as well, if they're listening this far, they don't watch Rebels, don't know what you're doing with yourself. But like, what you'll be... The thing is, whenever I push people to watch it, it's happened with Dave, it's happened with Tonya, it's happened with numerous friends of mine. They all go, I am... When you get to the end of it, you're like, why is this not more like advertised on Disney Plus? Why is this not front and centre? Why are they not pushing this? It's like, I don't know. What they're doing is just getting little chunks of the ideas and going, let's make a whole show about that. Let's make a whole show about that. And then everyone's like, oh my God, Antle's so amazing and so is Mandalorian. It's like, here's Rebels who's done all of these things before all of you. Um, so do you have any predictions, Maths, or uh, as we start to wrap up of uh, The question with that, though, is that because of the media, it is because it's animated? Is that why... It- it's not ever being pushed as much because people will just see it as, oh, it's a kid's program. Well, Which is, it's it. kind of how I, how I saw it to a certain degree. It's like, you know, Dave mentioned Transformers. I, I loved watching Transformers, but it's like George watches Rescue Bots and I would rather gouge my eyes out than watch them <laughs> sometimes because it, it, you, you see, this is the thing, this is where I think this works. Because there's stuff there for the adults, and that there's stuff there that we've grown up and we know about, and also for the kids. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know some of the cartoons you watch these days now, you know it's like oh god, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it, but uh, predictions. Mm. If you have any you wish to share, and then me and Dave will know if you're right or wrong, but we'll we'll not give you any hint. We'll keep our poker faces on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, what you want. Anything you'd want it, to It's funny because it, it was nice that we saw Darth Vader at the end of the, uh, the last episode. At the same point, I don't really want him to be in it because I feel it may take away from from what Rebels is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather just continue and see this this group, this family grow together. Um, I would like to see a bit understand a bit more about Sabine because I don't think they've really touched her at all in this. Um, again, Hera, like you say, Dave, she, she's the mum, she's the one, she's the glue that's kind of held them all together. Um, I would like, it, it's funny because although we, we spent 15 episodes learning about this crew, I still don't, I don't know them. Uh, Zeb, they mentioned the genocide of his people <laughs> yeah, this is a kid's show let's remind everyone like, this is a kid's show they mentioned genocide yeah <laughs> it's like whoa i mean the fact that at that point as well he when he fights him uh, callous with the i don't know what the stuff is it's like um, an electro staff of some yeah. sort i can't this bit is the guards of uh, the lasat guards it's and there. it's like you could see the you know the way they 
shrugged the anger from him and that he was he was willing to die for this. And it's like, I, I want to know more about that. I want, I hope they go more into that so that you kind of, which I'm sure they will do because, you know, there's four seasons of this. Surely they're not going to just, you know, do once of the week each, each episode. Um, but even Callus and the Inquisitor, I, I want to know a bit more about them. Um, You're not going to know much more about the Grand Inquisitor, I'm afraid. Oh, right, okay. Well, there's, there, he's, oh, no, because no. Uh, he fell into no. the fire, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, Moore got chopped in half. Well, I will say, <laughs> there is a comic. Uh, when when the Inquisitor says there's a fate... I mean, there are some things far more frightening than death. He does mean that, and he does appear again. Not mm. in... Not on screen. You have to read comics to uh, get that tasty morsel. Or listen to my show, because I talk about it, so... <laughs> but um well basically there's it's pretty much touched on relatively everything i think uh, we need to on this one um aside from the grand inquisitor was voiced by jason isaacs who plays um lucius malfoy in harry potter uh, which is all good fun isn't it um oh. he doesn't play him in obi-wan kenobi and that's uh, uh rupert something i've forgotten his name and Rhea's gonna kill me because uh <laughs> she she likes the actor i'll have to remember and put it in the show notes um but basically i think i've gone over pretty much everything that i have on my list um and each of you have touched upon some really great things i also love the ghost ship the design of it and the phantom as well that comes with it seeing like what happens if a ship falls out of hyperspace like they do with the phantom one of those episodes that's really cool i love ezra's calling to the force you hear the sound that he kind of hears i love all those elements and as a little roundup for low points i think there is a couple of bits where it's a bit too silly and it does kind of cut through it does it has mcu syndrome a little bit where it's like we need some humor to lighten up this darkness that does ease up that that does the with rebels i say that you grow with this uh, the show so each season is slightly more mature than the last one and there are episodes that go ahead especially in the later seasons where there is no humor it it's just it's just story and some of it really hurts um but yeah i've got that and as i've written there's the odd uh, somewhat inconsequential um, episodes um, and then sometimes some people believe that the animation is jarring which I'm not overly fussed about um, and then there are a couple episodes that are a little bit repetitive for things against the Empire but I think as we've said they kind of work in the bigger story you get lessons about characters um, and there are tasty morsels that do come back there are a lot of things that Dave Filoni is very good at in uh, this and in Clone Wars is as I've kind of pointed out, he's noticed a little pattern. Sometimes there's an episode that seems really like it means nothing and it will come back episodes or even seasons later. And you'll be like, oh, I, I remember that. So that's really it for uh, the Rebels conversation uh, so far. We'll be recording, we'll be watching series two. It's, we're kind of doing it cruel for math because we're actually f- <laughs> somewhat forcing him to, it's going to be even harder because when now you're like, now it's like three, two, one, go and you can just watch Rebel series two as quickly as you want. But it's like, <laughs> when you finish series two rebels you'll be like mike when are you next free so we can record because no few people have to wait i mean i did because i was watching them as they were coming out after series two so i did have to wait nearly a full year to watch the rest of them um and was waiting weekly which was killing me um but last sort of things with rebels or anything else you want to say before we plug our stuff i will say that this series one is set five years before the battle of yavin around the same time as series one of andor and i should have said this at the start um and it's each season of rebels is around a year that's that's a good idea to kind of go on uh, and things and uh, there's lots more connections lots more fun things uh to make some might surprise you and i love the planet lothal that was created for star wars rebels as well but final thoughts last sort of things and plugs uh we'll go to you first uh math 
Final things, anything else you haven't yet said, and then uh, say your your new social media handle that you've had for a short while now, uh, and anything else that you've been up to. Um, one thing that I wanted to, I looked at the uh, the cast list that Freddie Prince Jr. was the voice of King, and they were like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> did not expect that. And then we looked into it that he's obviously gone into voice acting. Um, and that's so, it was like, all oh, right, okay, well, that's so no, I do actually know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm starting to believe that maybe this is some of the best Star Wars contents, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Season one is not um, close, I'd say. It's, 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 you get hints of it. You get which glints. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. If this isn't the best, I, I, I did enjoy this. Um, it's not, it's not there, up there with the top. I think, I think Andor. Out oh, of everything Star Wars, I think Andor's probably the best bit of Star Wars that I've enjoyed. Rogue One's very close, and that, but I think I think Andor it, it just it, it lit something in me again to make me want to watch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And we'll that, see. So, we'll see so, if you yeah. say the same when we get to uh, the next time of Rebels, and then we'll see what <laughs> yeah. you say after uh, season four. But please, Matt, where can people find you, and what else have you been up to recently? Um, right, okay. Uh, you can find me on the Twitterverse. I am MathUK78. Uh, I was on a episode of The Last of Us the other week for episode three with Bill and Frank. Amazing. Go watch that. Um once we finish uh, recording this, I'm actually going to go watch episode four because I'll be on uh, Last of Us uh, episode four with Raya uh, tomorrow as well. So that might oh, that's probably going to be all out, already out before we. This it probably episode. will be. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I'm trying to think what else I've. I've did something else last week and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's fine. I'll put it in the show notes, but yeah. if you remember when I'm, I'll do my uh, jargon, then you can uh, feel free. So then, Dave, any final thoughts on Star Wars Rebels and the plugs for what other stuff? Not everything, because we will be here all night because you're doing a hundred things. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, I, I, I'm glad we've embarked on this. I do think Series 1, I, I always say Series, but I know the Americans say Season. So Season 1 is the weakest because it's just introducing you to the characters it's setting yourself in the world and so it just gets better and better i do feel like rebels sets you up to enjoy some of the more recent live content more so stuff like that happens in mandalorian um season two in particular um stuff that happens in andor you know you you can sort of tie the themes back to rebels Whereas Clone Wars, for me at least, it, it just made me enjoy the prequels more. It made the films better. So much more. And uh, so, you know, who knows where we'll end up, uh, whether we'll end up covering that. But that that's how I mentally see these things kind of joining up. And so, yeah, I think it's probably going to be bedtime for me. But I, I am chomping at the bit to get on with season two, to be honest. So, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of plugs, um, uh, so for VHS Strikes Back this week, we've got uh, Deadly Ransom coming out, which is uh, a ridiculous movie that Chris picked uh, because it's got Lauren Avedon in it. 
Um, but the thing that's consuming Chris and my life at the minute is reality TV because we've somehow fallen into covering two seasons uh, concurrently, one Love Island and one um, Married at First Sight Australia. Messy as fuck. Uh, but essentially we've got you know six episodes a week for Love Island, four episodes a week for Married at First Sight, ten fucking episodes a week uh, we're doing for on Chris and Dave's reality TV. So we're trying to do other stuff as well, <laughs> but that is consuming Ow. all this. We haven't fallen out <laughs> just yet. We're doing early morning. We're doing late at night. We're just snatching time where we can. So, um, But we're dickheads, and we, we just love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, obviously, I'll put details in the show notes for everyone. And also, this um, this will be out... Uh, it- it may be this week or next week. I'll figure it out. I uh, won't waffle on at this part. But um, very soon, uh, we will be doing the weekly discussion shows on Mandalorian Series 3 as well. Um, I'm aiming to have those recorded the day after Mandalorian comes out. So Series 3 comes out the first episode, 1st of March, which is a Wednesday. Uh, and then so I'm going to aim to be recording on most Thursdays. There's going to be a couple of Friday recordings because certain guests who are only available on Fridays that I want to speak with. Um, but generally, it'll be within a couple of days of those episodes coming out. There's going to be eight episodes of Mandalorian Series 3. Um, so maybe Make sure, uh, math that you catch up so you can actually show go on the show. But all audience members, obviously, um, yeah, tune into the feed of Comics in Motion. I will also have them on the feed of uh, youtube.com slash genuine chit chat, which people may be watching right now. Um, and I will not be hosting every episode. I think we're going to swap a few of them over, mainly because it runs over my birthday and more importantly, Megan's birthday. And I won't be able to record on her birthday because she'll kill me. So that's what we've got going on in the future obviously if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to styles comics in canon please go do that now you can listen to every episode on the feed of comics in motion or on the youtube channel if you're watching this or you can go on its own special feed now i've started its own feed nothing against the lovely people in comics in motion but i just thought if anyone wants to go through the entire back catalogue of styles comics and canon and searching for it i find you search for specific episodes it comes up way easier than it does uh, through the comics in motion feed so if you want to keep up to date with all the High Republic stuff, that's already on the feed of Comics in Motion. If you want to start from the start and try and catch up with everything and releasing several episodes a week, go over to that feed of Star Wars Comics in Canon. You don't need to have read a single comic in your entire life to enjoy it, so please consider checking that out. But friends, thank you so much. Find us at Comics in Motion P on the various social media places. Find me at Genuine Chit Chat on the most, uh, most social media places as well. And uh, we will speak to you next time, probably in a month or two, um, with Rebels Series 2. Please let us know what you thought and stuff, and we will speak to you very soon. So as always, may the Force be with you. And with you.